righty. I need for you to hold on and brace yourself. I have two bold, sobering truths to share with you. Now, we live in a cancel culture, and so this will get you canceled. We also live under a lot of self-censoring where we are afraid to speak the truth any longer. I realize there are some who speak the truth harshly and unkindly, but there are there are many, maybe most, I don't know. There are a lot of Christians who just do not want to speak the truth because there is such a harsh reaction now that everybody in the world seemingly has a megaphone, a microphone where they can amplify their hate, and many Christians run scurrying, and we bury the message of Christ. All right, you are prepared. And so here are the two truths that I'm going to I'm going to share with you. You're holding on. You're braced. Today's sophisticated culture does not accept these things. And my intent here is not for them to offend you. That's really, that, that is not even in my universe of intent. Truth number one, everybody is going to hell. Truth number two, the Lord has set up the agency of humankind to let the whole world know there is another option. Everybody's going to hell. That's how we're born, Adamic. And God has given us another option, and he, and he uses you and me, the agency of humankind, to tell people about this one and only option. Now, the big question, do you believe in the exclusivity of the Christian message? Specifically, I'm saying, I'm asking, do you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven? Now, there is a lot for you to ponder here. Some of you are going to go ahead and check the boxes. You know that everyone is going to hell, and you know that we have an option that we can tell people about a Savior, and you believe in the exclusivity of the Christian message. Some of you will stumble over it. Others will react harshly to it. I understand. If someone had come to me before I was 25 years old and said some of these things, I, I would have had a hard time. I, I had no category to even accept or to think about the things that I've just mentioned to you. So I understand, and I know how hard it can be. And so I, I want you to, I hope you'll listen slowly and carefully. I hope that you'll read this article uh, that I'm about to share with you. Continue, listen to this podcast again. Someone said on one of our platforms this past week, I'm listening to it twice. It was another another podcast that I did, and you're welcome to do that. In fact, I had one fella, I, I, one fella read my book, Change Me, five times. Not because he's dumb or slow or anything like that, because he was processing. And that is a great way Take one book, take one podcast, one article, and just go all over it over again and again and again. In fact, I did a podcast about that not so long ago, and I, I said, basically, if you want to grow and change, stop reading our content, because our, our tendency in today's culture is to binge watch binge listen, and we're moving and grooving so fast that nothing gets past our short-term memory. If you really want to change, you've got to slow down and you got to soak into one thing for an extended period of time. I've been listening to a book on health 
uh, for the past few months. I do more listening than reading because I spend up to 18 hours a day looking at my computer, and so my eyes are exhausted. I had cataract surgery about 10 years ago, and I just struggle with my eyes, and so I I listen uh, more than I read. It's just easier for me. It's the nature of the biz, I suppose. But this one book on health, I've listened to it more than 10 times. Now, that's normal for me because I want to get it. I want to understand it, and and you're welcome to do this with this article because it, it is really that important. Now, the title of the podcast and the article that you want to read now and share with your friends is The Deadliest Infection and Greatest Cure You Can Have. If you do believe what I have been saying, everyone's going to hell, and the Lord has set up the agency of humankind to let the world no, there is another option. And the big question is, do you believe the exclusivity of the Christian message? Now, if you do believe these things, there's one more question. How are you cooperating with the Lord and letting the world know about their amazing redemption opportunity? In the movie World War Z, I didn't see the movie, so I'm not recommending it, but I got an idea of what it's about. And so in that movie, a worldwide zombie outbreak began to take over humanity. Each person was bitten by a zombie, was turned into a zombie. The Brad Pitt character was supposed to find and secure a deadly but curable disease. If I can find this disease... Then we could inoculate everybody. And what happened in the movie is that if he found the curable disease, it it would make all those inoculated invisible to the zombies. Now, that's what you want. You want to be invisible. You don't want the zombies to see you. Now, I am sure the writers of the movie were not thinking of humanity's redemption story, though it is a running parallel the World War Z story is a running parallel to ours. The deadly disease of sin has bitten us. That That's Numbers 21.6, where the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people to bite them, and that deadly disease has infected us. In Romans 5.12, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. The deadly disease of sin has bitten all of us, and we are infected, for all have sin. Our infection has turned us into Adamic zombies. The only cure is for one man, Jesus, to take our sin infection and defeat it in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin. Jesus Jesus became the curable disease so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He did that. Now, every person who is injected by Christ has a rebirth. You are a new creation. Praise God. One of the most striking things about the Brad Pitt character was his utter desperation as he pursued the correct pathogen that would save the world. Now, his story is fiction. It's not true. It's really not. World War Z is not true. But our story is. 
You and I have been infected by a deadly disease that would have sent us to hell because everybody is going to hell if it were not for the interrupting salvation that came through Jesus. We now own the right pathogen. We know the truth, and that truth will set the entire world free. There is a cure. For the pandemic, this reality begs a few questions. One, how desperate are you to get the message of Christ to the world? Number two, are you a missionary to your part of the world? Just your slice, just your sphere, not the whole globe, just where you live, right where you are. Homeschool mom, that's you. You've got some little evangelist and uh, little Christians in waiting as you as you evangelize them. Question three, how is your life set up and directed to tell others about Jesus? Everybody who does not believe in Jesus will go to hell. That's how I led with. those were that's one of the bold things that I said up top. The exclusivity of Jesus, there is no other way to God. It puts the onus on us to tell the world about the only way, the only truth, and the unique life that will give a person the right to enter heaven. The Lord has left us on earth not to become smarter, wealthier, happier, or more fulfilled primarily. Oh yeah, get, get yourself some education. Get, get some money too. You need money to live. And by all means, be happy. But he left us here to pursue humanity so they can hear the gospel message. His last words to us were missional. You know the story, Matthew Matthew 28, 19 through 20. I'm not trying to be unkind or manipulate you into a reflective guilt trip. That's not, that is not what this is about. But I do see a significant opportunity that the Lord has placed in our laps. Our entire lives post-salvation, after God regenerated you, should be about finding people to tell them about Jesus. Why? Because everybody is going to hell. It is so easy to become myopic when it comes to our lives. We do not have eternity in view. That's not an absolute statement because there are some people who are super zealous for God. There are some people who really have a God-centered world in which they live, and they're always poking and prodding and exploring and trying and tempting and, and passing and failing and, and so forth because they just can't do anything else but get the message of Christ out. But we live in the here and now where the cares of our lives can dominate our thinking. Spreading the truth about a Redeemer can become a tertiary matter. It would make no sense if Brad Pitt found a pathogen, a cure, which he did in the fictional movie, and then inoculate himself so he could live large on the planet while everyone else died under the curse of the zombies. One of the most disturbing things that I I have seen in the church is how many believers have flipped Matthew 6, 33 on its head. You know, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Rather than seeking what God wants, we, we are love-struck by all the trinkets of the Gentiles. 
We have succumbed to the bombardment of materialism. Our lives are measured and compared to success on earth, not success in the eyes of the Lord. It is ironic how most of our waking hours can be wrapped around earthly desires when the Lord said he he would give us what we need. The reason he said he would provide all we need to live is so we would not spend our waking hours thinking about how to live on earth, so we can spend our waking hours seeking the kingdom of God first, knowing that God is going to provide what we need. Resting in his provision releases us to spend our time thinking about, telling people about Jesus. But like in, the ta- like in the days of Babel, when the Lord gives an inch, we take a mile. The Lord offers the provision we need, and we like it so much that we crave more. Before long, our lives are defined by what we want and what we have. Uh, Jesus said it this way. Before he got into Matthew 6.33, he said this in 19 through 22, Matthew 6. He said, do not... Lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Question, how much do you need to be happy? When is enough enough? question. What kind of seeker are you? A kingdom of God seeker or kingdom of earth seeker? C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, if you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. That's good. And then he said, if you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin and in the end, despair. One of the most useful questions you can ask yourself regularly regarding your kingdom pursuit is, what do you primarily spend your time thinking about? That's a biggie because what you spend your time thinking about, it defines where your heart is. A kingdom of God builder cannot stop thinking, doesn't want to stop thinking about how to position themselves most effectively in God's world to make God's name great. A kingdom of earth builder cannot stop thinking about how to position themselves most effectively in their world for their purposes and their comforts. The former, the kingdom of God builder, is thinking about God and what the Lord wants. The latter, the the kingdom of earth builder, is thinking about himself and and what he wants. There is no in-between here. You are working hard for the Lord or you are busting it for yourself. The sports gods, the education gods, the money gods, and materialism gods are are the new forbidden fruit that is tempting us to walk away from the Lord. We have succumbed to Satan's plan B. You know what his plan B is? If you are a Christian, well, he cannot capture your soul. He he can't. That's plan A. Plan A is to capture your soul, but plan B, he wants to capture your mind and your time. That's plan B. 
If you believe that Jesus is the only way, it is the pinnacle of selfishness and hate for Brad Pitt not to tell, not to do all you can to let others know there is hell in their future. We should not seek to have it both ways. I am a Christian, and I won't have a great life on earth, even if it means I will spend my life making sure my family and I have a great life experience. My friend Jim Thompson said this, exclusivity, talking about the exclusivity of the Christian message, Christ is the only way, exclusivity without invitation is pompous and repulsive, but exclusivity with invitation is hopeful. The Lord has two desires for us. Number one, become a Christian. Become a believer, a follower of Christ. Number two, spend your life telling others how to become Christians while trusting him to take care of you. My missions professor, his name is Dan Truax. He's in heaven now, but Mr. Truax said, let the pagans build the bridges. You would have to know him to I mean, you can appreciate the quote as is, but to know him is to appreciate it even more. His parents were born in China, and they were missionaries in China, rather, uh, and Dan was born in China, and then he came to this, came back to the States to uh, get his education, and then he went to Africa and spent a good part of his life in Africa. But his parents were missional in China, and he spent his life as a missionary, and he used to write his notes on paper, handwritten, and the font, his handwritten font, would be about an inch and a half high because he couldn't see. He had given his life to the Lord, and, and he'd hold the papers up in front of his face when he read his notes to us in class. We always wanted him to finish class early so we could ask him questions about his life because he gave his life totally. Uh, for God. But he said, let the pagans build the bridges. And he certainly did. He, he, he didn't focus on doing these other things. He, fo- he had, he had a, one single focus was to tell people about Christ. His worldview kept him untangled from the cares of this life while he spent his days strategizing how to tell, uh, tell others about the experience to come. One of the most famous of all of the C.S. Lewis quotes sums up what I'm saying quite well. As you listen to it, I I would love for you to ask this question. Is the gospel true? Meaning, did God come to earth as a man? And then, will you make a plan to talk about this quote from C.S. Lewis with with a friend? This is what C.S. Lewis said. I am trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who is who is merely a man and and said the sort of things Jesus said would would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. 
You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. C.S. Lewis said that. Peter said this, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, but there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, Acts 4. Paul said this, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time, 1 Timothy 2. John said, And this is the testimony that God gave us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life, who Ever does not have the Son of God, does not have life. That's 1 John 5. And then the boldest claim of all, Jesus said it this way, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I said at the opening, my bold statements, everyone is going to hell. And the Lord has set up the agency of humankind to let the world, the whole world, know there is another option The big question is, do you believe in the exclusivity, meaning Jesus is the only way to heaven? Do you believe in the exclusivity of the Christian message? What do you believe Jesus to be? That is the question. If he is the Son of God who came down to save humanity, then you have two choices to make. One, will I become a Christian? If you're not, that is the question, the most important question that you could ever answer. Will I become a Christian. Number two, will I spend my life telling others about Christ? It is a mental challenge to think about Jesus as being the only way when you think about all the people who have never heard of him. Sometimes it can just be overwhelming. I've had biblical counselors who who come to that place in their journey as well as they begin to learn about biblical counseling and and how the Bible can transform them and and transform others. And then they begin to look out over the harvest, and it's just so many people, and it can become overwhelming. Placing an unfair burden on you is not my goal here. As I said earlier, I'm not trying to manipulate you or put you on some kind of weird guilt trip. That's not what this is about. But I do know that first world people find it hard to think about other people who are not like them. We don't live anywhere else. We do not know them. We are not attached to them. And many of you have had that experience when you have gone to a third world country on a mission trip. Good for you. Everybody needs that experience, honestly. When our children went to went with us to South America, to Peru, uh, specifically, and, and Pocapa, more specifically, on the other side of the Andes, in the jungle of Peru, it was eye-opening as they saw life in a way that they had never experienced before, and it was good. It was good for them. The title of this podcast is The Deadliest Infection and the Greatest Cure You Can Have. I want you to do one thing. I only want you to do one thing. 
We can live our entire lives without giving much more than a courtesy nod to those who live in other places who will never hear the gospel message. And because the Lord chose the agency of humankind to tell others about his son, it is on us to do so. These lost people will die. They will go to hell. We have a responsibility. Now, it's possible for someone to hear a message like this and feel overwhelmed, manipulated, or guilted into inaction. They're paralyzed by it all. Or overreaction. Don't do that. You cannot participate in every ministry. You can't say yes to everyone who asks you for something. But you can do something. I want you to do one thing. Pick one. Everyone can't be a pastor. Everyone can't be a pro-life worker. Everyone can't be a ministry leader. Everyone can't have a parachurch ministry or a ministry like what I have. We're not comparing ourselves to anyone, and we're not trying to do everything. And so don't do that, but you have to choose your one thing. Pick one slice of the Adamic problem and begin working that space for the Lord's glory and humanity's benefit. If one slice of the Adamic problem is the pro-life movement, get in it. If one slice is doing biblical counseling, get in it. But just pick one slice of the Adamic problem as you look out over the landscape and see all the problems and all the needs in our culture. You pick one. And you begin to work that space. This perspective is what I appreciated about our mastermind students in our online training school. They are preparing themselves for the call of Jesus on their lives. Most of them do not know precisely where their training is going to take them, but all of them are in faith to become equipped for whatever the Lord has in mind. Some of them are already neck deep in ministry, and and they're getting some excellent training to help in what they're doing. Others are are carving out a way, and they're not sure exactly how it's going to turn out. But I I appreciate all of them because they really have this God-centered missional worldview, and and they're going to find their space, and they're going to get into it. Here's your call to action. I'll just give you a couple of thoughts here, and then we will wrap up. Unfortunately, much of the Christian church has bought into a two-tier system. Those who are in ministry, doing ministry things, and the rest of us who live our lives. I want you to hear this loud and clear. I mentioned earlier homeschool moms, particularly because I've heard that message uh, several times in my life where homeschool moms just feel like that that they're just over, well, they are overwhelmed, but they, they just feel like, oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. No, God is looking for regular people who see ministry as all of life rather than a specific job description for religious people. And and so there's not a two-tier system in that sense within Christianity. And so if you are a homeschooler, you're a production worker, you're driving a bus, you're, you're doing children's ministry at your local church, you're, 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 whatever it is that you're doing, you're working a regular job, well, then just ask the Lord to give you a vision to how to take that regular job and use it for evangelistic and missional purposes appropriately, biblically, and legally so you don't get, get fired. 
And so is there anything, here's your question, is there anything in your life that hinders you from reformatting your life to become a missionary in your part of the world? As Dr. Truax said, let the pagans build the bridges. Now, maybe you're building bridges. Maybe that's your job, and you work on the interstate, and you build bridges. Good for you. That's your space. And so don't go quit that. Don't go get another job. Don't go become a pastor. I mean, unless there's a definite call on your life, but ask the Lord how you can reformat your life so you can work right in the middle of that space, being a missionary to those who are around you. Question number two, what do you need to do to become a better fit to the call of God to go and make disciples. Many people have become so entangled in the world that they do not know where to start to become entangled. And so please let us help you think through this. If you want to talk, if you want to talk to us, then we would love to talk to you. We have free community forums on our website. Those of you who support our ministry, thank you very much. And I want you to go over to under the member area, and I want you to go to the private forum. It's a smaller community, and, and we can talk in that place. But either way, it, it, it doesn't matter to me, honestly. What really matters is that you talk to us if you need help, and, and we would love to serve you that way. Whatever time you have left on this terrestrial ball, let us figure out how to position yourself to become a bold gospel proclaimer. There is no other kind of life worth living. Being a, mis- a missionary for Christ is true biblical success. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Again, the title of it is The Deadliest Infection and Greatest Cure You Can Have. I'm glad you were listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.